Welcome to the IOMS podcast series, where we gather for conversations from top surgeons across the globe. In this series, we're exploring the history of the specialty from the unique point of view of each global region. How did the specialty evolve as a distinct area of practice? Who were the key players? Where's the specialty heading in the future? Stay tuned for insights into these questions and more. Let's listen in. Hola, buenas noches. Hello, good night, everyone. We are now in our podcast with the Alasibu history. How is Latin America being around the world? I am Dr. Alejandro Martinez, Alex. I am IOMS president, and I'll be the moderator of this podcast. And I have the great honor and the great pleasure to present three very important doctors in Latin America. I picked them up because, and I choose them, because first of all, they are my friends. They have been person who has impacted my personal life as a surgeon. I have learned from them. And these three great leaders has given many, many knowledge to all in Latin America. And besides all that, they do really know the history of OMFs in Latin America. So our, our first professor is Dr. Cesar Guerrero from Venezuela. He was president of Alasibu, the Latin American Association, was president of the Venezuelan Association of OMF. He was member at large in the executive committee at at IOMS, and he was counselor for Alasibu with the American College of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. He was professor at University of Texas. Now he is in private practice, enjoying life in Houston, Texas, and is a reviewer of of Joms, I Joms, and Triple O journals. So welcome, Cesar. Our second professor is Dr. Jose Luis Molina Moguel. He is my, my friend, my dear mentor, professor. And Jose Luis is one of the biggest leaders in Mexico and the part of North, North, North of Latin America. He was member in the executives committee of Alasibu for four terms, editor of the Alasibu journal. Then he became part of the international committee in Alasibu. And he participated with Dr. Donald Booth when, at IOMS when he was in the scientific committee. Also, he was professor of one of the main hospitals in Mexico, in hospital 20th of November. And he, he has devoted his life for 50 years in, in oral and maxillofacial surgery. And my third professor is Dr. Javier Davila. Javier Davila, has been a, one of the main pillars also in the specialty in Mexico. He got his training under Dr. Molina Miguel in Mexico City. And then he was former chair of maxillofacial surgery department in, in one of the biggest hospitals in Mexico City, Adolfo Lopez Mateos, has been fellow of IOMS since 1986. He was the first Mexican to be a member of IOMS. 
and he's former president of the Mexican Association of, of OMF in 
but also to teach the state of the art of oral and maxillofacial surgery that it was taught in Europe. Europe was different to the Americas type of learning because they were double degree from the beginning. So people coming from Germany, uh, Austria, Switzerland, they, were, they had the double degree programs at that time. So all maxillofacial surgeons were also MDs. Uh, that was a difference with Latin America because we have a lot of infants from the United States where they were only a single degree dentist. That made the difference on what the next years were to follow because orthognatic surgery, trauma surgery, temporomandibular joint surgery developed secondary to the two main uh, affluents coming from Europe and coming from America. 1992 was a milestone. We had the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery meeting in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And that was the first big meeting we had <clears throat> in the continent. Then follow Chile and finally Brazil. But those people changed the way we saw oral and maxillofacial surgery and what we do today. So. We are really grateful to Europe for sending us some of their, their pioneers, also North America. Uh, many of the surgeons were trained in, in Chicago and uh, Detroit and New York, and they were sent back to uh, the countries in South America and make the, the, uh, the specialty grow. So I basically, that's been the, 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 uh, the change of the society from Europe, United States, and the people in Venezuela, Colombia, and all these countries that received the knowledge and decided to go into oral and maxillofacial surgery. Thank you. Thank you, Cesar. Now, Dr. Molina, will you, will you tell us your opinion? Yes. In Mexico, in the 30s, the National Dental Tuition Office was great. An interest in oral and maxillofacial surgical practices began. These pioneers of surgery began the surgical practices by performing dental alveolar procedures. Later, they extend their the, the practice to surgical and extend their, their skill to manage cysts, neoplasma, and mandibular fractures by extraoral root in a tough way. In Wasan 1940, when orthopedics doctors awakened interest in some dental surgeons, in the surgical management of maxillofacial structures, and it was in emergency care center, such as the Red Cross and the schools of dentists, where the first professor of oral surgery were training, and some of them were interested in the rotation to institutional hospitals. Later, in the 70s, the need for the oral and maxillofacial surgery came and the demand of the population made it necessary to train human resources and institutional hospitals, creating the medical residence programs in oral and maxillofacial surgery, establishing the first maxillofacial surgery specialty residence in the country. In the year in 98, the idea that the country maxillofacial surgery be grouped in a Council was born, and through the Mexican Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery was created. 
1996, an agreement was formed between the UNAM and the three institutions of, of the health sector. This interrelation of postgraduate course and university has resulted of the postgraduate course of the various institutions of the health sector, it resident graduating with university degree with four years of medical residence already. In 1997, the procedures for obtaining the professional certificate of the specialists in maxillofacial surgery for special certificates by the Mexican Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery began. Today in Mexico, as in the medical area, former postgraduate studies in oral and maxillofacial surgery can only be done through a hospital medical residence. Thank you. Wow, Ama amazing histories. Now, Dr. Javier Davila, could you give us your point of view? Thank you so much, Mr. President. It's a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be with my colleagues and with you, of course, in this uh, very important meeting and podcast. And I would like to, to add to the comments of uh, this extraordinary review that Dr. Molina said and adding to the, uh, the background that Dr. Cesar Guerrero, Guerrero uh, has mentioned. In 1954, uh, our Mexican Association of Oral Maxillofacial Surgery was created with uh, Dr. Francisco Raul Miranda and Dr. Ignacio del Real Ugalde, who became to be the president in the 80s. And, uh, but I would like to mention something in a general basis of uh, the evolution of uh, specialties in, in medicine has been dynamic, sometimes very fast, of course, and maxillofacial surgery due to the anatomical structures that attends and the type of illness that solves uh, had to be much more complex complement than it initially was. And that was uh, why the participation of different areas of medicine converged in solving these type of problems. Maxillofacial surgery uh, distinguished itself by identifying the uh, resolution of specific treatments for diseases or conditions that no one else would have the academic ability to solve. Given the complexity, this specialty uh, was limited to solve very specific illness that involved different specialties, but maxillofacial surgeon has to be the commander in chief of the surgical team. So this uh, mixed between uh, the single degrees and double degrees that uh, Cesar Guerrero mentioned before, it was the, the roots of our speciality in a very strong debate through the years. But actually, our current position of all of us became to be in the higher capacity to resolve the problems, the uh, treatments, and the complexity that uh, the treatments that we've been performing in the last 40 years, I think. And uh, just to finalize my first comment, we have to remember 40 years ago with rigid osseous fixation, implants, uh, and the arthroscopy, 
craniofacial destruction, osteogenic destruction, etc. So in the last 40 years, it was amazing how we've been growing as a, a specialty much more than we were, we've been expecting. Well, this is the, the, the first comment that I would like to mention. Thank you so much, Alex. Wow. I really love hearing you guys, and I feel sorry that we have just such a small time. And I, and I, I am a part that I remember how, how were fights in the, inside the hospital with other surgical departments in order to, to obtain the permission to get the trauma cases, to get the cervicofacial infection cases, etc. So I, I want to spend more time at the end talking with you. So let's go now to question, to next question. Our professional association is a hub for networking and education and has been instrumental in the development of the specialty. How has, this, how has involvement in LSEVU and IOMS advanced this specialty? Cesar, what is your opinion on this? Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I do believe that the International Association has been uh, the, the light that have guided the whole, the whole world in following um, the steps to be well-trained, to be recognized, but also we always had the support of the association for the different problems that we have in the different countries. Uh, when the International Association came up with the definition of what we do, that was a major help for all the training programs to involve different areas of the specialty, but also to be recognized at the different hospitals, medical associations and departments of health on the things that we do, and we do better than the other specialties. Uh, we have different uh, occasions, uh, while I was president of the uh, Latin American Association, where particular countries were behind in the possibilities of having um, calls to, to cover trauma or surgeons to be able to do perform surgeries. In one of the, the countries where the, the situation was more, more difficult, it was Brazil. And they had to go into the International Association and, and get all this uh, paperwork and all this, the statements from the association and, and letters from the president of the association where they sent to the hospitals and to the Department of Health so people knew better the things we were doing. I do remember also uh, a couple of situations in Colombia and Panama where the um, plastic surgeons and oncology surgeons will not allow oral and maxillofacial surgeons to perform procedures that were done all the time in, in Mexico, uh, in America, or, or in Europe. So it was, um, it was the help and the protection of Alasibu with their letters and the, and the presence sometimes. Uh, I do remember as a president, I visited every single country in Latin America. And I, I make sure that my, the presence of the association was, was a support 
for the surgeons. Uh, another important uh, thing is that in, I wrote a book on the history of, of uh, oral and maxillofacial surgery in Latin America. And there was also a book written by the International Association on their 50th year. And those books has been a lot of support for many doctors in the continent to identify themselves with the things they are done in other countries, which on a regular basis, but still were not done in some of the hospitals or regions in, in the continent. It's been a long fight. We have won most of the fights and I'm sure there will be a lot more to go in the years to come. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Cesar Guerrero. Dr. Molina Moguel, please. Yes. Thank you, President. Mexican Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, Mexican College of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, founded in 1964 with the aim of providing surgeons with a space to exchange ideas and experience with monthly scientific sessions and the organization of the annual Congress. The Mexican College is proud of the Mexican Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery that began in November 2004 with three editions a year. And this journal is open to Alasibu members. Mexican College also works by integrating it as societies into international organizations such as the Latin American Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery and the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons. In Uruguay, Dr. Jose Luis Molina and Dr. Javier Davila attend and we reinstate Alasibu, Mexico, um, from the date Mexico has been present in Alasibu in, in uh, 1988. Uh, the, the presence of the international in Alasibu is great. And the discussion about the meetings of Invitational International Conference of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery in Tenerife, 1987, in Bermuda, 1988, several surgeons for Latin America were invited to work in the meeting that marked a milestone in the training of maxillofacial surgeons around the world. And this was discussed in Punta del Este in the first seminar. The most important thing against in the international for me is the International Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. And it's impact of resident education in Mexico. All of the residents have to check and review the journal routinely, the engagement. I believe it led the several studies in abstracts and presentation developed in Mexico and Latin America and the IAOMS conference. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Dr. Molina. And Dr. Davila, please come, come to the microphone. Thank you. Thank you so much again. Well, I, I would like to, to add some comment that uh, Dr. Molina have mentioned uh, the, about the journals in, in 1989 and 1992. We uh, create that uh, 
big effort at the Latin American Journal with the LACIBU and the Mexican Association of Oral Maxillofacial Surgeons. And uh, we, we had the uh, struggle with this because uh, we didn't have uh, a finance, financial support. And uh, it was a terrible mess because we, we wanted really to, to have uh, that Latin American Journal. We even, we got some... Uh, academic support from uh, the Spanish Association of Maxillofacial Surgeons. We, our, our objectives uh, initially was to create uh, a journal of Spanish-speaking countries. And uh, we introduced this at the General Assembly at the Alasibu, et cetera, et cetera. But well, this is a, a, a long story. But uh, I think in this particular question that you, you said before, I think that the globalization, that is a, a participation of different countries and regions, uh, several countries have come together, not only in maxillofacial surgery, but in each specialty in health field. Uh, in Latin America, the organization uh, that was held through Alasibu was consolidated and grew in such a way that it was neither prudent nor possible for it not to be linked to the largest organization that brought together a big number of countries that were not just from Latin America and that the, the efforts in this region had been individually or jointly in very small groups. Uh, this communion, the link between International Association of Oral Maxillofacial Surgeons and Alasibu is that the result of a logical response of grouping all the specialities in maxillofacial surgery without difference of uh, difference of continents or hemispheres in the world, and with a participation that it is consistent with the reality that each of our countries lived or lives there would have been to be group cohesion to make us stronger, standardize academic criteria, and have a much more solid trade union movement. So that was the, the reason that I found to share what in this thought about this mixed effort gradually between Alasibu with the IAMS, because uh, in the beginnings, we were running apart. And suddenly we came to be in the same uh, pathway with the same goals and with the same group. I can mention that uh, in this particular case, Dr. Alejandro Martinez became to be uh, in, uh, to, uh, as a president of the Mexican Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons, the board, Alasibu, the International Association, and I hope the next step will be at the nations, United Nations in <laughs> New York. <laughs> That's a joke. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. This is just a reflection of my life. <laughs> made me laugh. And, and I want to add here something, maybe to all our young surgeons and residents, the next gen, is you need to imagine this, these three professors telling us how the communication of IOMS and Alasibu was spreading, lightening our region, our continent. But you need to know that 
there were very big efforts because there was no cellular phones. There was no internet at that time. There was no face. There was no Facebooks. There was no WhatsApp. Now, nowadays, communication just runs so fast. So at that time, we need to give credit to these doctors, these persons, these professors that has given their time, their life to keep the legacy, to trespass the legacy of our specialty. So now let's go to our next question. <clears throat> we have touched upon the history of the development of the OMF specialty in our region. What contemporary issues does the specialty face? Where do you see it evolving into the future? Cesar, please. Uh, thank you for the question, President. I would say um, the uh, growth and the communication between all the countries is being very much equal. So you see the surgeons in Argentina and Chile doing the same quality and quantity of surgeries that they do in Brazil, Panama, or Dominican Republic. Uh, so the, so the, the gold standard is being improved through communication and yeah. also being led by uh, the International Association. Um, we, we have to also uh, pay tribute to a few Americans who took some of us into, you know, under their, their wings and make the surgeons that we are today. And I used to call R.B. Walker uh, the godfather of South America because he was in every single Alasibo meeting. He trained so many different uh, residents from our latitude, from Colombia, uh, from Brazil. Brazil is about nine residents were fully trained uh, under Dr. Walker's um, training program. But also uh, we have to remember Robert Marks. So he trains so many also Latin Americans uh, with, you know, on selfish manners and, and training so well. Uh, Frank Dolwick, and you're the best example, Dr. Martinez, uh, that he, he was open enough to to let you, you know, in his program and, and teach you every detail he knew about uh, the TMJ surgery and all the different surgeries. Um, Philip Boyne, uh, he was a person like this and, uh, in California. And so we had uh, Chris Doku in Boston University. Uh, Orion Stuteville had it in, uh, in Northwestern University in Chicago. So all these people that came from America with a single degree program allow us to join completely into the programs. It was more difficult for the Latin Americans to go into the European programs because the double degree situation. So I think in the evolution, we're gonna see a lot more of double degree uh, surgeons in Latin America performing more oncology, oncology surgery. And I think that's gonna be our next step. Thank you. Very challenging. Thank you, Cesar. Now, Dr. Jose Luis Molina, please. Yes, very well, Cesar. And in particular, in Mexico, today, apart from pandemic that has been tried poorly 
the hospitals where the best maxillofacial surgery programs are located were COVID hospitals. This is in 2020, almost half of 2021, close of scheduled surgery, uh, only attend emergence, creating a great imbalance in the residents of the specialty. In Mexico, with more than 120 million inhabitants, we have 16 hospitals programs with an average of 12 residents for each. I believe that it will be necessary to open a strong impulse of the financial intelligence of the young people. Looking for areas such as dental, zygomaticus, maxillofacial implants, some areas of orthognatic aesthetics, join educate orthodontics, no criticize, but act. It is also important to think about the artificial intelligence. Mexico is a great country, and speaking of international, today the president is Mexican. This is a great pride, but it's very important that young people understand and try to emulate this maxillofacial surgery, who with their effort and tenacity daily, they have a match to be where they are, a great example and a good omen for the future. Thank you very much, President. Thank you, Jose Luis. Javier Davila, please. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. Finally, I think uh, I can add just a few comments with this uh, extraordinary uh, comments of uh, Dr. Guerrero and Dr. Jose Luis Molina. But I completely agree with Dr. Molina in the last part of his comments. I think uh, we have to recognize the past. As uh, Cesar Guerrero said uh, too, uh, he gave us the example of Dr. Robert B. Walker and his support at the Alasivo in Latin American countries. It, it, it was amazing. As yes. well as uh, Dr. William Bell, and Dr. even Dr. Hugo Vegeser and many others, that uh, Frank Dole with Tim Turvey, uh, Stephen Schendel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the list is unfinished. But uh, I think for the young people to, uh, as Dr. Molina said, it's to recognize that icons, to recognize that uh, uh, their effort, they, they, they gave their lives to support our speciality, like Dan Laskin, that he passed away a few weeks ago, or a couple of months or something. So uh, th these icons uh, uh, became to be our I, I, our example, our best example. So the, the young people, the, the current young people, in a few years, they are gonna be getting older and older. So they are gonna be also the past. But in the meantime, they have a great challenge is to rec recognize the knowledge and the past and our basis, our roots, our effort, our hope, our unity. So uh, in this context, uh, we cannot only depend on countries of Latin American and Caribbean or on resources sometimes that uh, in Mexico and Latin American countries or Caribbean, we are always saying, I need more resources. It's a fact, it's true, because our financial support is not the same like in North America and Europe. 
And that's a fact. So in that context, I'm talking about to how can we strengthen these great efforts like this podcast, the technical and scientific cooperation and success uh, interchange between our countries, association, etc. So we have to increase uh, and to improve a better uh, quality of the healthcare systems and the procedures that we've been performing. So, and uh, you can imagine uh, how is your future. You can plan how it's going to be. But the real thing is that we are maxillofacial surgeons. And the basis of this is to have hope, effort, and to be stronger every day between us, with all of us, and to follow the leaders as we followed our leaders in the past. So I uh, applaud this, and I appreciate this great effort of uh, your presidency, uh, Alejandro, and the whole group. And we are going to have all the time our open doors to uh, increase our academic level, because at last, all of us, we are still maxillofacial surgeons, because it's a part of our life. Thank you very much. Thank you for the, the three of you. I, I really very, very impressed with your comments, and no doubt I am learning from you. And, and I think that in, in this modern era, for sure the, the OMF surgery has evolved in Latin America tremendously. But I agree we need to keep with faster and stronger communications and we need that our residents, no matter if our financials are not the same like Europe or USA or Asia, we still, we still, we are still are very rich in our heart, in our dreams, in our desires, in what we really want to become. So I encourage all the young residents and young surgeons to keep studying, to be eager to be hungry every day of learning and, and, and to have the attitude of learn, unlearn and relearn because OMF surgery is always changing, is evolving and, and we need to catch it and, and we need to, to keep giving our best because at the end we do all this because we love patients and we love to care for them. So I think that we can have three minutes more, each of you. I know you can have some many more thoughts. And Cesar, Javier, uh, Dr. Molina, if you want to add some comments, in, and we can have three minutes, each of us, and then we can close. So Cesar, what, what, what is in your mind right now? Something that you would like to say to add? Yeah, I would... I would like to say um, uh, two important things. Uh, first of all, for the young generations, we never thought that we in Latin America would have two presidents of the International Association of Rodent Maxillofacial Surgery. And never thought we could have three sites in Latin America as a site for the ICOMS, for the International Congress of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. And that happened in Buenos Aires, and it happened in Santiago, 
where Dr. Quevedo uh, play a, a major role in that, uh, in that meeting. And also, uh, finally, uh, in Brazil, with the uh, association with Gabrieli and uh, Antenor Araujo, Paulo Medeiros play a, a major role. So we, we do have a possibility. So the next generations need to bring those meetings to, to Colombia, to Ecuador, to Peru, to the Dominican Republic, to Mexico. Yes, Mexico of course. Has so, so much beauty and, and have created the best meetings in, uh, for Alasibo that we never had. Uh, I remember Javier Sanchez Torres, and he used to say that uh, there was no limits. Uh, you know, there was no limits in the sky. We can go anywhere. We can we can make our efforts to make it happen. So I would say that uh, that is a, a major uh, objective that the next generations gotta do. We gotta bring the association to our continent. The second thought, and uh, this is an, an, an something that. It might sound uh, a little difficult, but the Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, I'm talking about the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, is the most important journal in the world. And they need our participation. Latin America is basically non-existent for JUMPS or for the Journal of the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. So I, I, I pray for those next generations, I pray for them so they dedicate time and write the articles for these journals. We need to have presence in the world scene. We have to be there. We have to make our efforts count. Uh, some of the articles that we write in other journals, uh, they are small journals that sometimes are not even in the index. So we lose that work in time. When we write something for the International Association of World of Maxillofacial Surgery, it's there forever and for history. You will always have it forever and ever. So I would recommend everyone to put the effort and write articles for the International Association of World Surgery or the General of the American Association of World of Maxillofacial Surgery. Dr. Alex Martinez, thank you so much for the invitation. Mr. President, thank you very much. Thank you, Cesar. An honor to have you here and to keep working more together. So, Dr. Molina, Jose Luis. I, 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 I agree with Cesar because uh, I think the, the young people are, or yours uh, needed to write in the journal, in the international, participate in the scientific uh, uh, writing uh, about the experience in Latin America. Uh, I think it's the most important when I hear today, the Journal of the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, it's the most important we use our. That's, that's all. Thank you very much, uh, President. Uh, it's a very nice idea to speak in this day. Thank you. Thank you, Jose Luis. Javier Davila, would you like to add something else? Yes, thank you, Mr. President. Well, uh, I completely agree with my colleagues and uh, have to mention some uh, personal experience because uh, it's important to mention in the context of an international uh, um, association. Uh, when you were very kind to mention my CV, uh, 
uh, I have to, to say that when uh, I became to be the medical director, chief officer of the medical services of the Mexican Institute of Social Security, you said that it was uh, 25 medical centers, 77,000 physicians, and more than 100,000 nurses. It's not a minor thing because it was the first time that a maxillofacial surgeon, single degree, became to be the chief officer of the most huge institution of health services in Mexico. And this is the most uh, big uh, uh, institution in that area in Latin American countries, I think. But uh, I've said the other day with, all, uh, with our colleagues that uh, it happened because I used to be a maxillofacial surgeon because my training became to be to fight every day, to win every day, and to be the leader every day. So you can imagine uh, just in plastic surgeons, ENT, or others, that it, it became to be very difficult to understand why a maxillofacial surgeon became to me their boss. And this is a success for me success for our speciality. And this contributes to create an image of success of all of us, because we have to plan our route, our pathway, but there is no limit. Someday, and Cesar Guerrero, Alejandro, uh, uh, you, you were witness of this when we've been speaking at the honorary ceremony of Professor Robert Geyser, when I used to be the president of the Mexican Association and I invited a couple of times to him. And as you said, there was no Facebook, no cellulars, et cetera, et cetera. And he told me, okay, I'm going I'm, I'm to accept to come to Mexico. Why don't you come to Oaxaca, a closer stray state from Mexico? Because we are going to have a meeting there. And it was with craniofacial surgeons and plastic surgeons. They didn't allow us to have... To, to have a participation in that meeting. So Professor Obergeiser accepted to come with the maxillofacial surgeons before, step, stopping here in Mexico City, and after that, he went to the plastics, and we couldn't come there. This was an example that we've been suffering in that time with divided uh, groups, et cetera, et cetera. But we grow, grow, we grew. We, we've been in the challenge all the time. So there is no limit. That's the fact. And we appreciate, and I appreciate a lot this effort. And I'm very proud, even in these days, in this current position that I'm working at the Mexican government, at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, to be a maxillofacial surgeon. It's a privilege for me. Thank you, Alex. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Javier. Well, I want to thank from, from my heart to the three of you Thank you, because you have been great leaders, you have been great professors, and you have taught in Latin America to too many surgeons. And thank you for giving your time to IOMS podcast to share your experience. I do appreciate this. Also, I want to thank to Dr. Gali Gali, chairman of the Education Committee, for allowing and making possible this, pod, this series of podcasts. And I want to thank especially to the headquarters, uh, headquarters that 
has been staff that has been helping us and all of you who has been involved in making possible. And I want to take this opportunity for all the Latin American surgeons to tell you, come on board to IOMS. Please renew your membership. If you are not a member, come on in. There is a lot to share here and a lot to learn and teach. So thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us today. Visit us online at www.iaoms.org to become a member of our vibrant global community and to access a variety of education and timely resources. Stay up to date by following IOMS on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're here so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. Until next time.